maybe for some of us we've just started coming to the Jubilee, maybe thinking this is becoming your church home, and maybe you don't realise some of what God has done with us uh, as a church. Uh, Joe and I, my wife, we moved to Hull with my son Caleb uh, 13 years ago this month uh, to come to Jubilee to start a church from scratch with 13 adults joining us as we sought to bring God's love uh, to the city and plant a new church here. And our desire, and still is our desire, is that we want people in this city to have the opportunity to hear about Jesus and respond to him. And we've seen God transform and turn lives around. Uh, Many have stayed, still part of this jubilee. Others have now moved on to other parts of the country and the world, actually. Uh, Next week was be seven years since we first met in this building. And uh, we were still decorating on the Sunday, I remember. I didn't go to sleep for about two weeks as we tried to get the the room ready, and we started seven years ago here in this building on a little low stage. Who was there? Can you remember the first Sunday? Some of you were here when we did that. So it's a significant month to us, and we're grateful that God is still working through us. It was such a joy to hear of 32 guests signing up for our Alpha course next week, and an opportunity for people. That's great. Yeah, we can celebrate that. An opportunity for people to look at the questions of life, have opportunity to look at the person of Jesus and see and experience God's love for them. And I've already met a couple of people who were there on Wednesday. So welcome here at Jubilee this morning. And God is working. God is still moving in us and through us to impact this city. Actually, I wonder if if you've come to Jubilee, you started coming Jubilee in the last year. So only in the last year, Jubilee's become your home. Just give us a wave. Have a look around, everybody. Just in the last year. So God is still growing. I can see people who are new Christians coming to know Jesus. There's Gemma waving at me very nicely. Gemma became a Christian through Jay, who'd become a Christian. through, and, And now God is working, isn't he? And he's changing and transforming lives. And that's just part of what God is doing. Joe and I moved here to start Jubilee, but we're all part of the story of what God is doing. Many of us have prayed. Many of us have shared Jesus with strangers and friends. We've welcomed people in. We've been good neighbors. We've served and we've given financially to the work here. Some people call me a missionary or a church planter, sent from the south to the north. But the reality and truth is, actually, we are all missionaries. We're all called, as we've been reminded this morning through Sue and then with Caleb, to share God's love in whatever setting and relationships God has placed us. We don't just go on mission. Sometimes we think like that, well, I'm going on mission, we're going abroad. We don't do mission, we are mission. We are the sent ones. Matthew 28 says this. Then Jesus came to them and he said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Say to your neighbour, go. Doesn't mean you have to walk out. Stay, stay for now. Right? Go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always until the very end of the age. So if we're a Christian here this morning, we are called to go. There's something about movement. We're called to make disciples of all nations. Isn't it wonderful to see all the flags representing people in this church from that nation? I put up a new flag this morning. If everybody looks at the back, waves to Joel, who's on the word. Thank you, Joel, for serving us. There's a new flag above there. Anybody know what flag that is? Anybody got a guess? Know what flag we've just put up there? Where's Phil Irvin? Is Phil in here? Phil Irvin, I told you this morning. What is it? Kurdistan. Kurdistan. He said the wrong kind. It's Kurdistan. On our new Christians course we're running at the moment. It's great we've got a lad from Kurdistan and we're doing translation. We've got a translator who comes to that. So we've put up his flag this week, which makes over 30 nations. But nations doesn't just mean countries. It means people groups. It means people in this city from different estates, different areas different demographics, different nations that God has called us to do. In the Bible, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 4.5, he said this, But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. I've already mentioned Phil is an incredible gift to Jubilee. He's got many gifts, but one of the key ones he has is an evangelist. You know, Phil loves to share about Jesus. He loves to invite people. He loves to welcome those who don't know Jesus. He loves going on the street and talking to strangers, offering prayer. He's an evangelist. That's why Alpha is flourishing under his leadership. However, do you know what? Phil hasn't invited all the guests. He doesn't invite everybody. We do that. We've invited people. We've welcomed them. Come to church. Come to our Alpha. Come and find out about Jesus. See, we're not all evangelists like Phil or myself. Maybe that's not our primary gift. And it wasn't Timothy's either. Timothy was a a disciple under Paul's care who went out and planted churches. And he had gifts of being a pastor, teaching, administration. But he still had to work outside of his comfort zone. He might not have been called to be evangelist or particularly anointed to do that, but he was called to do the work of an evangelist. And that's the same for every Christian here. We're all called to go. We're all called to bring the good news of Jesus, the, the message that we have received, the good news we are also to share with others. So if you're a growth group leader here, you are called to do the work of an evangelist. If you work in Explorers Among Our Children, do the work of an evangelist. If you work in Asda, or go and shop in Asda, or other supermarkets are available that are normally cheaper, like Aldi, like I go, do the work of an evangelist. Do you work in Hull Royal? Do the work of an evangelist. We're all called to bring Good news, evangel, the good news, evangelist, bringing the good news of Jesus. Evangelism is not just converting someone to become a Christian. No one can do that except God. 
1 Corinthians says, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's encouragement for me. I'm not there to force people to come to know Jesus. We're not there to bash people with Jesus. We just share our lives. We share the good news of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit does that work. Our job is just to tell people the good news. Paul said, I don't venture to speak of anything about except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to repay God by what I've said and done. This is in Romans 15. By the power of signs and miracles through the power of the Spirit. It's God that does the works. It's God that brings the signs. It's God that does the miracles. But the wonderful thing, he uses that to, with, through us as we tell people the good news of Jesus. So it's not just about words, it's about prayer. It's about the Holy Spirit touching people's lives. And each one of us is called to bring that good news. Each one of us is called to be somebody on mission. 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says this, But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks. I think there might be a slide on this one, if we're not sure. And to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. The task of telling people the good news to a lost and dying world is too massive, is too urgent, just to be done by special evangelists. We're all called to share God's love. So how can we all do better? Who sometimes sharing about Jesus is a bit difficult? I do. Sometimes it's a bit scary. Sometimes we're not quite sure the words to bring. What I want to encourage us this morning, five ways that we can help bring that good news to others. The first thing is this, is our character how we behave, how we act. Eric Little said this, we're all missionaries. Whether we go, we either bring people nearer to Jesus or we repel them from Jesus. Isn't that true? How many people have ever met a Christian you just think, I just don't want to be like them? And if you haven't met one of them, people might be saying it about you. You know? Sometimes people can say something but do something different. C.S. Lewis said it in a different way. When we Christians behave badly or fail to behave well, we are making Christianity unbelievable to the outside world. See, our lives will either be attractive to others, leading them to question, what's different about you? Or there's no way I want to be like them. Our lives as Christians need to reflect who God is. 1 Thessalonians says this, Surely you brothers, you remember our toil and hardship. We work day and night in order not to be a burden to everyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. See, Christianity is meant to be lived out, not just spoken about. A life of living differently. 
of loving differently, of caring differently. Our lives must be consistent in what we say. Because we can so easily lose our credibility when we say God is able to transform your lives, but our own lives aren't transformed. Our lives often will speak louder than words. People won't want to listen to our message until they are convinced that there's something different about that message that's changed us. I wonder how you're demonstrating holiness in your workplace. Is your speech pure or complaining? Are you an encourager or are you a gossiper? Are you hardworking or are you lazy? See, we can say Jesus is our best friend, but then we aren't good friends to those around us. See, our character is important to God and will make us effective in bringing the good news, the gospel, to those around us. You know, I wonder where we need to allow God to change us in order to be more like him so that Jesus would be known through us. Do you know we need the challenge to change? That's why in our growth groups it's so important that we don't just meet and encourage each other all the time, but we're willing and open in our lives in love to provoke one another. When somebody says something in a harsh way or responds, we can say, did you realise how that may have come across? Do you realise that you only ever talk about yourself and never ask about others? We need to challenge and encourage. The Bible says this, iron sharpens iron. So we encourage one another. We need to sharpen one another. Are we open to others challenging us in love? Because as we allow God to change us, it will not only do us good, but it will also lead to being a better witness to the change that Jesus brings. The second thing is this. We need to make time. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says, We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. You know, sharing the good news, being the good news, means sharing our lives. Those lives are lived out wherever we are. And that are lived out in relationships. We need to take time to listen to people and understand their needs. You know, I wonder if sometimes in Christian circles, maybe at times in Jubilee, all we do is spend time in a Christian bubble. We just spend time with those we connect with and love and want to spend time with, that we neglect those who don't yet know Jesus. Are we neglecting time with friends and family who don't know Jesus? We need to hang out with people, be there for them. And as we do that, there will be opportunities to be a demonstration of the good news and share with them. You know, if we do have friends that we want to reach out to, we want to share God's love with, it's not enough if we just invite them to church events. That's all we do all the time. If we're not spending time with them, just listening, encouraging them. Evangelism is investing our lives with people. And our concern for our friends and family and their daily lives is a part of being effectively good news to people. But it's not just those around us that we know. We have the opportunity just to have time for strangers. I love the opportunity growth groups have to serve food for our Alpha course. And boy, it's gone up to about 40 we're catering for now. As they serve people. It takes us out of our cosy Christian bubble and helps us to see what God is doing as we reach out to people. 
as people give time to serve on our welcome team, loving and caring, listening to friends from our homeless community. It's so beautiful. It's a privilege. In our life college, people like Jane and Christine, Alan Irene, Clive, Wendy, keep going on, I miss people. You know, as they give time to serve the most vulnerable in our city. And then, of course, in a couple of weeks when we have Community Sunday, where we can go out and just love people and demonstrate to be good news to people. When we start our new congregation in North Hull, I love the fact that we can give time to serve others. Do you know in Rio, Brazil, where Joe and I and Caleb had the privilege of visiting our regions beyond church there, they're doing such an incredible work there by offering now free English lessons. And their building is just like by a favela. And they're basically Brazil's slums, which are controlled by drug gangs. And their heart is to impact their area with the gospel by sharing and offering English free. So we have a missionary here who is a missionary in Rio. Where's Cynthia sat today? Cynthia, stand up. This is our missionary to Brazil. Give her a round of applause. She's never been to Brazil and may never will. But late at night, 11 o'clock, she teaches English by Skype to our students in Rio. Amazing. She's using God's gift, the gift that God's given her, to demonstrate God's love to somebody she's never met, but serve a church in their mission to their community. She gives her time. How can we give our time? Thirdly, out of my five is this. We need to be relevant. We need as Christians to make the message relevant to our hearers. So if we're talking to a person, as there are many in this city with deep needs, we can bring a God who loves them by listening, who can bring healing to them. If we're presenting the gospel to someone who's looking for proofs that God exists, our approach will be different. We need to be flexible and relevant. We need to present the gospel in a way that does break down the barriers, like Paul did when he said he was like a Jew to the Jews to win people. He did different things. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. He was adaptable. He was relevant. Whoever was he was with. Now, relevant is different than being cool, agreeing with what the world says. We don't change God's word in order to be relevant. And that is the biggest danger in the Western world today. Leaders are making decisions because of the moral changes in the world. They're trying to reinterpret the Bible and 2,000 years of church belief in order to fit into a modern age. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is perfect, flawless, timeless. It actually speaks into every culture, every time. And at times that means we will clash with people's thinking and behaviours. But we don't bow to relevance. We choose to bow to Jesus. Because one day every knee will bow before Jesus. So we don't become liberal, wishy-washy. Because we have a God who is... As we said this morning, the lion. But he's also the lamb who died for the sins of the world. 
He's the one that calls us to repent. That means turn around from our wrongdoing and go in a different direction. Which leads me to my fifth point is this. We need to show love as we do that. 2 Corinthians 5.14 For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, therefore all died. See, Christ died. He died. He took upon the sin of the world upon himself for each one. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's only through the forgiveness of Jesus that we can know God the Father. You know, I was in a meeting the other day when somebody was kind of consoling somebody. Well, don't worry. I'm sure that person's in heaven. And I was like, you can't give that assurance because unless they've received forgiveness from Jesus, there's no assurance they're going to be with God because they're still carrying their sin. They're not acceptable to God. It's so easy to do that. It's only through Jesus. But it's for Christ's love compels us. How did Jesus express his love for people? He cried over the loss. He said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you killed the prophets and stones who were sent to her. How often I've wanted to gather your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you are unwilling. You know, God is incredible. Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And God is a great father, but he also is like a mother. He loves to gather us under his wings. He says such love and appreciation, and he cries over Jerusalem, their rebellion. He loved the lost the young ruler, the rich man, in Mark 10, 21, it said, looking at him, Jesus felt a love for him. For Zacchaeus, another tax collector, a sinner, it says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And it says this, when Jesus heard this in Matthew 9, he said, it's not those who are healthy who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I desire compassion, and not sacrifice. So I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus loves people. He is moved with compassion. We're called to love the sick, the least, the lost, the lonely, the broken, the poorest in our communities, the most desperate. And because he died for us, so we must live for him. As he's loved us, as Sue reminded us this morning, so therefore we will love others. Love is a compelling motive. That love will demonstrate more than anything what God is like because God is love. We are to be loved to those around us. We're to show what his new kingdom is like, what his culture is like. But as we bring God's love, that also must mean we must bring the truth. It's only Christ that died for us. Only in him is there salvation. We must not be afraid of offending with the truth but bring this message with grace and love. We're not trying to please people. You know, if you're here this morning, I hope you've understood God's love for you. I hope you've experienced a great welcome. But the truth is, the Bible talks there is light and darkness. You're in one or the other. 
You're either going to go to be with God forever in his presence in heaven or you're going to go to hell. There is condemnation or there is forgiveness. And that's the truth. The truth is that you need to respond to Jesus. The truth is you need to receive his love. You need to receive his forgiveness. There's no other why? 1 Thessalonians 4 says, We speak as men approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We're not trying to please men but God who test our hearts. You know, we never use flattery, nor do we put up a master cover up greed because God is our witness. So, how do we do this? For those of us who are fearful, scared, how do we continue to demonstrate and show the love of God? Well, it must be lastly. It must be in the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.18 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. See, to be a witness, to share the good news, to be a missionary, we need more of his power at work in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit for us. He was the one that gives us boldness. He gives us wisdom. He gives us courage. And he causes love to pour out of us to share Jesus. We need more of his power at work in his, our lives. You know, sometimes I'm surprised how few times we respond to God for prayer. We think we can do it ourselves. You know, I need all the prayer I can get. I want more of the Holy Spirit to fill and empower me. Because I want to be a better witness. I want the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, joy, self-control, kindness to be at work in my life. And that's by the power of the Holy Spirit that that fruit develops. The power to be bold in our witness. And it's the Holy Spirit ultimately that works in the lives of those around us. He's the one that brings people to know Jesus. I need more of the Holy Spirit. We need more of the Holy Spirit, his power. We are to bring good news. So we need to listen to what God says. As we wake up each morning, as we pray, as we go into the workplace, or we go and have a cup of tea with a neighbor, or we're sat in the job center, God, give me opportunity. Help me to hear what you want to say. Give me boldness to share the love of God with that person. But sometimes it's a stranger, sometimes it's a friend. Sometimes it's a family member. Well, let's be bold in sharing God's love, for offering to pray for them. Why don't we just stand together as the band just comes up. God is doing a great thing in us, in our city. But each one of us who knows Jesus here, God wants to use you, equip you to be that missionary, to be that person on mission, to be that evangelist that brings good news to people. Because that's what's going to change our city. And we do that by bringing good news, by praying, by giving to the mission that God has called us to. But ultimately this morning, we need more of the Holy Spirit, don't we? We need that empowering of the Holy Spirit. God, come and help me. I feel so weak. I know there's things that need to change in my life. We look to God and say, God, fill me, change me.
Make me be the person that you want me to be. Let's just, just come before God right now. Just begin to ask him for yourself. Lord, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your power. Fill me with boldness and courage to be good news and to share good news. Lord, forgive me for the witness that I am sometimes to the world around me in my workplace. Lord, I want to be different. Lord, I want to be different in my family. I want to shine with God's love. So fill me afresh this morning. Empower me, encourage me. In Jesus' name. We're going to worship God in a moment. We're going to have some time for some corporate prayer, praying for one another. But please do go and get your children, bring them back in. But we're going to keep responding to God. And as we respond to God, allow the Holy Spirit to begin to touch you, to speak to you. And in a moment, as you bring the kids back in, we're going to provide opportunity for prayer. But let's worship.